If you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jiu-jitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development because ultimately jiu-jitsu is a lifelong process, especially if you're wanting to get all the benefits out of it. So learning how to structure your training to set yourself up for lifelong is what I do. So if that's something you have interest in or want more information on, make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of this podcast, The Jiu-Jitsu Secrets. Hopefully everyone's having a good day, having good training so far and getting the new year off right. So in this episode, what I want to discuss is this idea of how to take ownership of your jiu-jitsu And I want to expand on what that even means and how you can even do it and why you should even do it and who should even do it, right? So all of those big questions that usually get presented that I've had topics and debates and discussions with students in the past before when I've tried to educate them on this or tried to convey this piece of information. Because honestly, this is probably the one thing that I wish I could have done sooner as a jiu-jitsu student, and it will happen passively, but if you can make it happen more actively, I think it has a tremendous benefit on your guys' jujitsu. And I'll talk about what that is here in a second. So the first idea about what taking ownership means is essentially you being in the driver's seat of your jujitsu journey. What I mean by in the driver's seat is not necessarily like self-promoting yourself or giving yourself stripes or all of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. What I'm more talking about is this idea of you controlling your training. So what that means is when you show up to the gym, do you have some kind of a focus? Do you have a way to improve that focus? Do you know who you're going to train your focus on? Like, is it best to train it with student A or student B? And then can you fix the focus? Do you have a way to make adjustments and the proper resources at your disposal to help you? That's what taking ownership of your jiu-jitsu is. I'm not by any means saying you don't need a jiu-jitsu coach or you don't need mentors or you don't need training partners. I'm saying that you're the one that kind of determines all of that. Because if you guys think about it, when you walk in to class one day into your jiu-jitsu class and your instructor is showing you the move, unless you're at a very specific school, which maybe you're out of school like this. So I apologize if this is how your school is because I don't think it should be, but your instructor is not controlling you like a video game controller. So what that means is whenever you're taking in a technique, it's up to you to determine if that's a technique that you either want to store in your brain for later use, if you want to work on it right now, or you just want to throw it away altogether. No one is making you have to memorize that move or that series of skills or try it that day in sparring. Your coach is like Google or an informational video. They're just there to teach you the information, but it's up to you to decide what to do with it. So it's up to you to determine if this arm lock that he shows or she shows is part of your game or not part of your game. Is it something that can benefit you now or not benefit you now. That is an example of taking ownership. So, so many students have such a basic idea of what they're going to be training that they just show up to the gym, they 
then we'll watch the move of the day or, or whatever. And then they, everyone tries to attempt the move of the day while sparring. And for some people that could be applicable. If the move of the day is applicable to what you're working on, whether it's by position, technique, escape, attack, whatever, it might fit into that. But if it doesn't, that is okay if you don't try it that day and rolling. Once again, no one is controlling you guys like a video game controller. No one is controlling you and telling you what you have to do or, or whatever. Now, you might have a coach walk by and say, hey, I saw you try X, Y, and Z technique. I really think you should try this, this, and this. That is valuable feedback. But don't be so lazy just to walk into the gym and just expect that whatever the move of the day is, is what you're going to be training and focusing that day. So that's what I mean by taking ownership. And that's one giant step that is not that hard to do. It takes practice, believe it or not, because once you get into a routine, if that's how you always are thinking about training jujitsu and that's how you've done it for so long, it's very hard to break that routine, but it's something very simple to be able to do. So the other thing you can do is have a focus before you show up. So if you already have a focus, let's say that you know you need to be escaping the bottom of side control, you've realized that you get stuck there a lot and for whatever rhyme and reason, you have determined that. So even if your coach is showing back mount attacks for the technical part, cool, file that away for just better information, you've learned something, yada, 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 but that is not what you're focusing on while sparring. You're focusing on what you set out to focus on when you walked into the gym, escaping the bottom of side mount. And if you guys can separate that, those two, you've just taken a giant leap of ownership forward in your jujitsu. And like I said, this is one thing that I wish I would have done a lot sooner in my jujitsu career. You know, whenever I became a black belt, you know, I've been a black belt for four years now. And one of the biggest things that I really wanted to help students do was be able to stay on the mat longer. And I had been teaching since I was a blue belt, you know, so I have seen thousands of people quit, thousands of kids quit and thousands of students quit. And I even Googled the other day and an article popped up and it said that there's an estimated percent that 90% of people who ever start jujitsu, who basically train for a class or whatever that means, they never make it to blue belt. And then 1% of blue belts make it to black belt. So there's a giant issue in somewhere in jujitsu. People will say, oh, the techniques are too hard or the instructors aren't good enough or whatever. And, and I do think all of that stuff can be improved. But if I go back and look at my own journey from white to black belt, and I really sit down and look at what happened, what happened passively was that the ownership and the onus and the, and the responsibility of my training got transferred to me slowly over the course of my belt progressions, if you want to call it that. So what that means is now that I'm a black belt, no one is telling me what to train, what to focus on. My coach doesn't stand over me and, and, and tell me all these other things I need to do. I might spar with him and then he might suggest something or I have a question and I bounce an idea off of him and he gives me some feedback that might change my course of action. But I'm the one that determines it 99% of the time. Now, like I said, I am respectful 
And in the class, I will drill whatever needs to be drilled and whatever the class is doing. I'm not, I don't need to put my needs above everybody else and not drill this thing that could benefit my training partner because it's not what I need. I'm not, I'm not saying to do that. And you can always get more practice and repetition on other things. But when it comes to live sparring or live training or extra drilling, whatever you want to call it, understanding what you're trying to attempt and why you're trying to attempt it is a huge, 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 huge game-changing and impactful thing you can do on your jiu-jitsu. And so what was happening between my white to black belt journey was that was happening passively, right? No one ever sat down and told me that's what was happening. So you guys, if you're like a white belt or a blue belt right now, you're getting massive insight into a giant piece of the puzzle. And honestly, I think that if more students were told this or taught how to do this, taught how to take ownership, just like the example I gave you about how to focus whenever you're learning a new technique in class, I think more people would stay on the mat. Because when I've talked to blue belts that have quit or even students that have quit, probably 85 to 90% of them will usually cite that it's because they felt lost, they felt confused, they felt like they had no direction, they had no guidance, um, you know, outside of external factors like family and money and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what drove them to quitting jujitsu, like physically and what they were frustrated with. It's all of those things. And ownership is clearing all those things. If you will take all those problems away, the more ownership you can take on. If you can determine what you should be training, have a course of action, understand how to learn the techniques in class, understand how to learn from an instructional and understand which one to buy and how to apply it and how to actually use your training partners as great resources and your coaches as great resources, I think more people would stay on the mat and train longer. So that's led me to creating my whole, I call it a jiu-jitsu blueprint because that's what it is. It's a system that teaches students how to take ownership because once you can master that, then you can stay on the mat much longer. And it's funny, I've been teaching this now for three years, roughly, and I've taught it to some students and some students dove in head first and other ones didn't. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcast on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. Not every student that dove in head first, you know, became an expert and a master and all that stuff. I'm not going to give you guys some ridiculous quote like that. But the interesting outcome is, is the people that actually took ownership not only did they get clarity about what to train and why, but probably one of the biggest side effects or whatever you want to call it that I didn't realize was going to happen was they actually improved faster. They progressed faster. They had more clarity. They had less headache. They had less stress because you, it makes sense. If you can understand what you're training and why you're training it, that is like the perfect formula to getting better faster. Like <laughs> why wouldn't it? That's like plugging the holes in a dam right? So you have to find where those holes are. 
And a lot of times students have no rhyme or reason for determining that. They, like I said, they use the move of the day that's shown in class. They watch their favorite uh, jujitsu influencer like on Instagram or YouTube that says you should be training this latest thing and go out and buy my instructional and this next golden technique and this next golden thing is going to fix everything. And honestly, that is the farthest thing from the truth. I used to think that. I used to think that if I could learn the next best techniques and train with the next world champion and, and do this next seminar and buy this next instructional, it would fix all my problems. Now, does it help some problems? Absolutely. But in the sense of taking ownership, it doesn't do really anything because if you can't understand those other aspects, then there's a good chance you're going to quit jujitsu. And so even if you have Gordon Ryan or John Danaher or Craig Jones's latest instructional, but you're quit, you quit and you're not even training, then that instructional doesn't mean anything. So would you rather spend time developing the ownership and actually building a solid foundation and a structure to train jujitsu for life or for however long that is so you can learn these latest and greatest techniques? I think it's pretty obvious which one is more important in my opinion. Now, some people might disagree with me and whatever. And some people have said, well, Chase, my academy is different or Chase, I'm not skilled enough to be able to do that. Or, you know, I, whatever, you know, whatever kind of excuses you want to give. And I've heard a lot of them because I've talked to students about like this, about, like I said, for about three years. And the biggest benefit I could say is if you're a newer student, what this will do, because I've taught it to both newer students and advanced students. Newer students benefit majority from this because it helps them avoid some common pitfalls and that they'll experience like the blue belt blues or a lot of other big roadblocks that will happen in your jiu-jitsu career. And if you're an advanced belt, what it will do is it will help pull yourself out of pitfalls because usually when you're in a pitfall, you're in quicksand. Basically, the harder you try to fight out of it and the more you resist, the further down you sink. So you've got to get clear and not just do the same thing over and over again and take a new course of action. And a lot of times that actually helps you overcome that hurdle. But these are all ideas of, of taking ownership. Now, 100%, if you're a white belt or a blue belt or a purple belt and you started implementing all of this stuff today, it doesn't mean you're going to be a master at it. But just because you learned the latest arm lock doesn't mean you're the master of it. Like jujitsu is a process. And the definition of a process is using a series of steps and it takes time. So a lot of times I think this is a very much an American culture. I know I've got some listeners that listen overseas and stuff, but in America, we want instant. We want now. We want whatever. We want instant gratification. We want it now. And I also think that's one reason why jujitsu is very hard because it doesn't matter if you're the richest guy in the world, if you pay you know, the best coach in the world, John Danaher or whatever to make you a jiu-jitsu black belt, he can show you all the moves and stuff, but you're not going to become a black belt without putting in the work and the time and the effort. Now, there are things that you can do to speed up that process, like train more, train frequently, have some kind of a system or a process to improve. But at the end of the day, you can't just pay to have something done for you in jiu-jitsu. And so this is no different. You can't just pay someone to take ownership. Now, in my blueprint system that I teach people, I have, as best as I can, developed a system that helps students take this process and become more actively. So instead of having it passively like I did, um, you can do some things like the learning example that I gave you earlier in class 
to make it more active. And like I said, over three years now, I've been teaching it and the students that have done it have improved faster, um, became more clear, also just enjoyed jujitsu more. And the ones that just kind of didn't really buy into it, most of them aren't even training anymore. So that's just kind of the difference between that that I've seen. I've seen the proof is in the pudding. I've been able to test it. And that was really what happened to me personally between white to black belt was this ownership transfer. Now, obviously I had to learn techniques and I had to do all this other stuff, right? So that's going to be part of it, but that is a big component that I think a lot of jiu-jitsu students are missing because when you walk into the gym day one and you don't know anything, what are you focusing on? Well, your jiu-jitsu instructor is holding your hand. They're telling you exactly what you need to know, which is very appropriate because you don't know anything. But then eventually like a child or a bird leaving the nest, you have to fly out on your own. And no one teaches you or tells you how to do that. No one really encourages that a lot of times. It's been very few and far between. I've talked to students who say that their coach has encouraged that. Um, because a lot of times students think that it's disrespectful and there's some built-in dogma in jujitsu that way too. So there, there could be that component. So it may not be that your coach is anti it. It's just you know, whatever jujitsu stuff you consume, you know, you may have heard all this stuff, right? So, and, and it's perceived your brain in a certain way to think of jujitsu in a certain way. So, and the next point is, is that I don't care what skill level you are, unless you're day one, but if you're like six months as a white belt, you can start doing this. If you're a blue belt, you can start doing this. If you're a purple belt, you can start doing this because it doesn't matter how much information you have or how much knowledge you have. It's about how you apply the information, right? It's about you getting clear about which part needs to be worked on. And then it doesn't matter what kind of academy you're in because basically all academies are comprised of the same thing. What are they comprised of? Mats, an instructor, and training partners. That's it. No academy is different. I don't care if you say like, well, well, my jiu-jitsu instructor is a world champion or I have this world champion that I train with and I have you know, this kind of a mat that I roll on, it doesn't matter. Like if you can't learn the techniques that the world champion shows you, and then you can't apply them on your training partners, it doesn't matter. So eventually you're going to have to take ownership and saying, okay, whoever is teaching me, I don't care if it's a blue belt teaching me or this world champion black belt or some guy in between, what can this technique benefit me for? How can I make it work? And what should I do with it? And then when you look across the room and you shake hands with your training partner, you have to decide, okay, what am I trying to benefit and get benefit out of with this training partner? Are they less skilled than me? Are they more skilled than me? Am I trying to work defense? Am I trying to work offense? And then the next thing is in the environment or the support, how am I using my coaches? Am I waiting for my coach to hold my hand or am I using my coach as a resource to fix whatever I'm having problems with? You have the ability to make those decisions. No one controls those for you guys. And that's so important. So I know this is more of a motivational podcast today. Um, there's, if you didn't realize it, there were there are so many gems I have dropped in here that I would have just ate up when I was a lower belt. So if you guys really enjoy this kind of stuff, please let me know. Um, I'm going to be doing a whole like 45 minute web training on this very, very soon, like a workshop. So if that is something you'd be interested in, um, please be on the lookout for that. I'll announce it again 
on this podcast. Also, if you guys love this kind of stuff, make sure you hit me up on social media and let me know that too. That way I can hear your guys' feedbacks, answer your question and things of that nature. So just as a summary for today, start taking ownership and you can do that as easy as going to your next class, watching and determining what you should be doing and what that technique can benefit you on. That's it for this episode. Take it easy. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later.